I don't know. I'm recording. I don't know if you're recording. I'm, I just started recording. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be on record for me anyway. I uh, have white nose hairs now. Has this happened to you? No. So so I'm getting I'm getting all kinds of weird old man hair. Like I have gray hair on my head, right? Like that's something that mm-hmm. you expect. But I'm 28. Like you wouldn't expect that much gray hair. I have way more gray hair than I would expect at this age. And um, I'm starting to get those like really long, like wizardy nose hairs. And then, I mean, it's fine. Like it's, it's easy to groom, mm-hmm. but I, I was doing so the other day and was like, Oh, some of these are just stark white. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. I haven't gotten any white ones. Uh, I did. I got a new electric razor uh, a couple of months ago, mm. and one of the attachments was a nose hair trimmer. So I tried it out. Turns out, uh, sticking rotating blades up my nose is the quickest way to make me cry. Uh, yeah, it yeah. is not Done a pleasant experience. It is. Um, yeah, there are ways. There are nose hair trimmers out there that are totally fine. I, I have used yeah. There's one. like little scissor things. Well, and there's some that That's do. Um, they have a little. They have a little guard. And then there's a spinny thing inside of it, and that seems mm-hmm. to be fine. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a dangerous business having a nose. It's, it's not pleasant. Who designed this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I have some complaints. I know the air a... pipe and the food pipe are the same pipe. <laughs> there's been a lot of uh, dialogue on the internet lately about using the word Karen and whether or not it's a slur. Uh-huh. to call someone a Karen. Um, that notwithstanding, I would like to speak to a manager about this. <laughs> I have some complaints and some uh, helpful suggestions. If there's a comment box somewhere. <laughs> right. Who can this ticket be escalated to in order to, <laughs> to have this problem resolved? Pardon me wanna... whilst I sip on my quarantine juice. <laughs> so that's what they're calling it. It's like how in Animal Crossing, they they don't allow alcohol, so you just get vacation juice. Oh, no, sorry. This is decaf Yorkshire tea. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm saving the alcohol for the really oh, okay. bad days. That's a very different kind of juice. I have to ration that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just reach slightly out of frame and pull out this big bottle of Kahlua. <laughs> Jesus Christ, why do you have that there? Uh, to loosen me up in the mornings <laughs> if I feel like I'm mornings. not uh, bringing some energy to the podcast. Oh, you know mornings are my worst time. You're saying you're saying that this podcast drives you to drink. <laughs> Waking up anytime before like noon drives me to drink. If I'm you know? expected to bring some kind of witty commentary, that's fair. To an audio medium, that's that's fair. <laughs> I haven't touched this stuff in a while. But. I had such high hopes when you got this job that like has you waking up at the ass crack of dawn. I had such high hopes that you would turn into a morning person and we just like would be smooth sailing with this time frame for, for recording. No. No, it's done nothing. <laughs> See, it's crazy because mornings are my favorite time of day. Yeah. I just hate being awake for them. Mornings are amazing because everyone hates being awake for them. If you can somehow manage to wake up early, you can get so much done and nobody will bother you. It's so peaceful. It's so quiet. It's beautiful outside. You hear birds making sounds you don't usually hear. The light is fantastic. But 
I would literally rather be dead than have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> I, For me, mornings have been my Animal Crossing time. Oh, that's such a nice time in Animal Crossing as well with the, the way they do the, the lights and that's just like saying. the calm music. You got you got different fish available. You got different bugs available. Uh, and so what I've been doing is is I'll, I'll wake up earlier than Lauren. Uh, typically, I'm up like maybe an hour before her. And I'll just go and play Animal Crossing for an hour. And the only problem is, is that I have to wait until 9 a.m. when both the shops are open to then go do the shops and like see how your full inventory full of like weird fish and bugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll just have like a full pocket of, 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 you know, worms or whatever. And then like, all right, do, do, do. Okay. I got to start work soon. It's almost nine. Like I got to, okay. All right. And then I got to like rush to do all these things. (laughs) <laughs> and then actually start my day. See, that's even funnier because in the conceit of Animal Crossing, uh, when you start a new day, there's like the island announcements. Mm-hmm. So if you start playing the game at like 5.30 a.m., uh, Isabel is just on the loudspeaker doing the morning <laughs> announcements. And it's like, Jesus, lady, it's 5.30 a.m. People are asleep. What are you doing? But then conversely, you have the one day that you sleep in. You don't play till like eh, one in the afternoon. And she's giving the announcements like she just woke up. And you're like, all right, Isabel, what the fuck have you been doing this whole time? Yeah. I mean, I know my excuse. What's right. yours? <laughs> Were we at the same party last night? What's happening? <laughs> She's been hitting that island juice. <laughs> Which, there has to be something in Tom Nook's mug, right? Probably. Or the, no, not the mug. It's the He's got like a beer can that he's sipping from. It's not necessarily a beer can. I think it's like a soda can. I could see eh. Tom Nook being into sparkling water. Oh, okay. That would actually make sense. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, he's a LaCroix. LaCroix man. Yeah. LaCroix. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know what? Animal Crossing is good. You should wake up early just to play Animal Crossing. Maybe that's the secret. That's got to be the motivation now. Because I have to get up and sell all the like fish that I caught last night. And like halves of dinosaurs. Right. That I have no use for. <laughs> I love I love that. You can, you can dig one thing up out of a tiny little hole and like, oh, here's a third of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Ta-da. <laughs> what gets me is that like... All these like sinkholes opening up all over your island every day. Terrifying. It's like, is this is this stable ground? Are we going to collapse into some chasm? Even more so now that it's almost egg day. Happy egg day, everyone. Uh, oh yeah, because egg we, days you've got weekend. these these eggs that have been buried. We're gonna have a, a hippity hoppity time. It's the holes that are made for these these what are they called? Ground eggs, earth eggs. These earth eggs. Uh, the holes are way too big. Yeah. You're digging. You're digging a like three foot by three foot hole to put a tiny little egg into. I don't think that that's really necessary. It's uh, it's it's overkill. But many would argue that so are all the eggs. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm the only person who's been actually kind of enjoying Egg Day. You are an egg enthusiast. I have. You have your entire egg themed room. I got all of the egg day recipes the second day of the egg day event. Anyone who listens to the show that doesn't play Animal Crossing is going to be completely lost, but it doesn't matter. Egg day is coming up. I am the egg day princess. I am excited. <laughs> yeah, I go and visit your island, and you're like running around in an egg dress with your egg crown, with your like 
secret room dedicated entirely to eggs. Yeah, my, my back room full of all the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell uh, people I, how I live. I decorated the entire plaza with like egg tables and egg stools and an egg fence, egg-shaped balloons everywhere. I need to get on that. I need to make all the stuff so I can get whatever the the end game is. For yeah, I, I don't even remember what it is. Uh, he gives you like another couple of recipes on the twelfth uh, on on Egg Day. Um, I just want all the cherry blossom ingredients. Yeah, the cherry the, blossom ones are recipes. fun. That though, you have less time. That I think tomorrow is the last day. As of is it really? As of recording time, it's April tenth. I think mm. is the last day. Which is crazy because my island's fruits are cherry trees, but apparently all the trees on the island are cherry trees except the cherry trees. Right, right. Like, they don't change colors to be the beautiful pink blossoms. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's video game logic. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. The same reason that you can dig a, an entire Triosaurus Rex in a tiny little hole. Yeah. Do you want to record a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh? Let's record a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 41, Mind Game, Part 1. 41 episodes. 41 goddamn episodes. Jimmy, we are, I think, I believe, five weeks away from the end of this season. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, not five episodes. We're in a group of couple of episodes together. Um, but yeah, another, another month and change of season two, we may be done with this season before we are done quarantining. Lock, lockdowning. Is there a difference between quarantine and lockdown and, and self-isolation? Are are these all synonyms? They're They're all kind of the same thing. But you know what we mean. But we we may be done with this season of Yu-Gi-Oh! Before it is safe to be within six feet of your friends. (laughs) Before I can create another person, I will be done talking about this season of Yu-Gi-Oh! Which is... That's um, depressing. No, I I was going to say the opposite. I would say it's (laughs) a triumph. We've been doing this show for over two years now, Jimmy. That's insane to me. Isn't that nuts? This started with me inviting you over one day... And in my mind, pranking you by forcing you to watch an episode of a cartoon show and then making you talk about it. And here we are two years later. See, I knew it was a prank from the start. I just went along with it (laughs) (laughs) because I knew it would make you happy to make me watch this TV show. And that's what makes you a better friend than I am. Uh, I noticed in our pre-show notes, we didn't talk about this before the uh, the intro here, but our pre-show notes both mention a Netflix show other than <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh that I wonder if we can talk about for like five minutes. 
that's gonna be a, a real short five minutes but yeah let's talk about <laughs> tiger king tiger king are okay i did not want to watch tiger king at first i only I watched, was like eh. yeah i started watching it because everyone else could not stop talking about it i walked through the room while my roommates were watching it and then i was like what the mm, fuck yeah <laughs> after like three minutes yeah uh have you finished it I've watched the first three episodes. Or so, oh, so no. Jesus. Okay, so you're in, three or you're four. in the... Yeah. Wow. Um, we finished it yesterday. Lauren and I finished it yesterday. Uh, there's supposed to be, I believe, an, an eighth episode coming out in the next week or so. Like they really? They are making like an, an addendum to it. Um, the postscript. Yeah. Tell... Tell me about your impressions on the on the first three episodes. Tiger King is like watching a train wreck where the train keeps jumping the tracks and smashing into things you didn't know were physically possible. It's like, yeah. how did that train car hit that water tower? It's like a hundred feet away. You know that, that joke they do in Family Guy where uh, Peter starts fighting the chicken? Mm-hmm. It's that. It just escalates every single time. We're like, there's so many twists of these. How would you describe Tiger King? Because it just like escalates in just like completely new and bizarre directions every episode that you just weren't expecting. I, uh, yeah, I've been trying to find a way to describe Tiger King to get people to watch it or, or to steer them away, depending, um, without spoiling it. Because it's it's so difficult to talk about it without spoiling it, and I don't want to like ruin it for anyone. No, uh, and especially given that you're only three episodes in, I'm trying to like monitor what I say about it. Um, it's like picking up a rock to look for weird bugs underneath, and like that would be itself a good documentary. Sure, concept. But imagine if you pick up a rock to look at the bugs underneath, and then underneath that there's a smaller rock, and underneath that there's another rock, and you just keep opening these rocks and there's even stranger and weirder bugs under each one yeah but like also some of the rocks invalidate the things that you find under other rocks and like some of the bugs eat other bugs yeah they're not they're not good things that you look under a rock for no it it reminded me a lot of the feeling that i had as uh as a child and as a teen, a little bit, when you have friends that are fighting uh, and they keep fabricating lies about each other hmm. and they and they're trying to they're trying to build like a narrative about the person that they're fighting with. And they keep like editorializing and tacking on and like like making it seem like a much bigger deal than it actually is. It's that feeling where you're like trying to keep track of both people's stories and you know you know one or both of them is lying about something but you're like trying to remember which part is true and what thing actually happened and what you were there for and what you weren't but it's adults who have actual agency in the world yeah so it's people with that attitude actually going out and enacting things in the world it's part sad to watch and part just like oh my god what is happening yeah it's I I should say okay so so we've big, gotten this far without even describing what Tiger King is even about yeah I well I'll say so big 
big content warning. Like these, these are the things. If you're sensitive to these things, do not watch the show. Uh, number one, animal abuse. It does it does portray abuse of animals, which sucks. Um, it is not, it is not a nature documentary <laughs> as as many people no. thought it was. Um, it is it is very much about the people who happen to be around uh, exotic animals, big cats specifically. Uh, yeah, that's that's the big thing. Um, if you are sensitive to threats of violence, especially threats of violence against women, do not watch this show. Uh, and third, and weirdly, and I, I'm trying to remember if you're at this point, Jimmy, if you are sensitive to people talking about their experiences being in and around cults, do not watch this show. Yeah. Uh, so... What is Tiger King? <laughs> what? How do we even describe Tiger King? On its on its face, the the intro to the show is it's a show about a man named uh, Joe Maldonado Passage, better known as Joe Exotic. He is currently in prison for, uh, I think, like twelve charges of various things, but notably for allegedly hiring a hitman to kill a woman named Carol Baskin, uh, who is the owner-operator of a big cat rescue down in Florida. Joe uh, was the owner-operator of a exotic animal zoo in Oklahoma. And they had a feud for, I don't know, what, 12 years? I know how we can describe the show. Yeah. Tiger King is like if you had to make a Mad Libs using only words from articles about Florida Man. Oh, yes. This is a show that somehow does not take place in Florida. There's Weirdly. some in Florida. Weirdly, some parts in Florida. The, it's Florida adjacent for sure. It's Florida adjacent for sure. The 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 strange thing about it is that the parts that take place in Florida are arguably the more, most normal parts of the show. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's sort of just documenting the lives of these deeply strange people. Yeah, it's not a reality show, but you might think it's a reality show. Yeah. Um, if you are thinking that you're probably not going to watch it, but still want to know some of the references, some of the culture around it, uh, I would really recommend the going many and watching... Memes. Say again? The many memes yeah, about Tiger or, King. Or not even the, the the memes necessarily, I guess, but but uh, a YouTube video that I just watched today that I really enjoyed that sort of summarizes the whole show is, uh, I think it's, is it VH1? Um, if you look up drag queens that like to watch, uh, the UK drag queens, the Vivian and bag of chips do a YouTube show where they watch, uh, uh, TV shows and you get like their reactions, which is like a weirdly popular genre here in the UK. Uh, if you, if you know about goggle box, like that's the same, the same concept. Um, let me, let me, let me see if I can find it here on the internet real quick. Uh, wow, a lot of suggested searches here. Um, drag queens I like to watch, yeah. And then if you just type in Tiger King, it'll, it'll come up. Uh, so they 
get sort of a clip show version of the Tiger King, like the full series, it takes about 30 minutes basically for them to watch it and be like reacting to it the whole time. So you get kind of the plot beats. This is um, like the live video equivalent of uh, not wanting to watch a horror movie. So you just look it up on Wikipedia to get what the plot is about. Yes, absolutely. Which is my whole jam. Um, If you do watch it, like don't, don't look up spoilers ahead of time. Um, do understand that the, the people in it and even the filmmakers are deeply flawed people. Uh, there is one character in particular who is really not well represented and not because they paint him in a bad light, but like they completely misidentify who he is as a person. Um, and you can, if you go just look up like Tiger King controversy, it's very strange. Um, so, so go into that with it in mind, but if you want to watch something where, Jimmy, you're on episode three. Three or four, yeah. If you want to watch something where by episode four, you have to remind yourself what the original premise of the show was, because it just is so goddamn weird, go watch Tiger King. <laughs> it's so goddamn weird. It's a great description. Because like, how much has the plot changed since episode one? for you so much like this show isn't even about tigers anymore no it started it it was was about tigers it i yeah i it and it does not stop that pace for seven episodes i'm excited to watch the rest i'm really curious i kind of want to rewatch it knowing what i know but do it all in like a day just to see how it affects me. <laughs> just to feel that whiplash. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, goddamn. We have been talking about Animal Crossing and Tiger King for like half an hour. Do you want to we talk have. about Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> yeah, I, I do, actually. I really do. It's time to discuss the episode. Uh, <laughs> because I forgot what I said half an hour ago. Once again, we are discussing Mind Game Part 1. That's Season 2, Episode 41. The translated title is My versus Merrick, A Dark Duel. The summary is Mai goes up against Yami Merrick, an even more malicious counterpart of Merrick. I like Mai- how even the, the summary is like, sure, we've got Merrick, who's bad enough. Here's an even worse Merrick. <laughs> Bad Merrick and worse Merrick, like he said. Yep. Uh, Mai goes up against Yami Merrick, an even more malicious counterpart of Merrick. Though Mai gains an early lead, Yami Merrick soon creates a shadow game. As my monsters are destroyed, Mai's monsters are destroyed, pardon me, uh, so too are her personal memories of her friends. Boy, that's grim. That's, that's dark. <laughs> We're getting in. That's getting pretty dark. Deep. Uh, where does this episode start, Jimmy? This Merrick, this episode starts maybe like five minutes where after the last episode left off, where Merrick declares that his battle with Yugi for like the fate of the world and all the god cards is going mm-hmm. to start right then and there. Mm-hmm. Everyone just agrees to take a 15 minute break and take the elevator downstairs and <laughs> wash up, grab some snacks, go to the but bathroom. I am late tired. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Have a cigarette. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I want to know what that elevator ride was like going down from the top of the blimp with, like, 
Merrick oh, yeah. just declared his super evil plot and like revealing himself to Yugi, and then they're just like, "All right, uh, back here in five. Cool." <laughs> I forgot that it's like a five-minute elevator ride to the top of the blimp. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been so awkward. Everyone's just kind of in that uh, that sonic toe tapping animation. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everyone's just cr- desperately trying not to meet each other's eyes. Ah, yes, allow me to look at my Millennium Watch. <laughs> just staring into the middle distance. Um, I, but I we feel end like up, we were deprived of that episode, though. That would have been... I, I need to know what this missing five minutes was like. Yeah, I would love the, that. Um, but where, where do but we go? Anyway, we yeah. start off this episode in the Blimp Medical Bay. Uh, which is bigger than my room in my house, um, where the gang is hanging out with unconscious Odeon, who is getting checked out by the doctor, who, I will remind you, is better than the doctor in some hospitals. Right. So Kaiba said, like, what, three episodes ago, four episodes ago, that he has a a full medical staff on board. On board this blimp. That's better than most hospitals. But we cut to this, where someone has been struck by lightning, and there are no nurses. There's no machine that he's hooked into, right? There's none of that, like, beep, yeah. beep, beep. There's one doctor who's like, eh, he'll be fine. Yeah, he's like, oh, the uh, the lightning? Uh, he's he's, he's going to be fine. Uh, he's just uh, passed out from having been dueled. <laughs> the stress <laughs> got to him. It's... it's <laughs> It's post-duelist uh, stress disorder. Uh, did the doctor sound weird to you? I don't remember what the doctor sounds like. The doctor sounded like he recorded his lines just like haphazardly into his phone and was told to do an American accent. Huh. Does that make sense? Like, I don't remember paying attention to what the doctor sounded like at all. The doctor is in dialogue with the other characters and the other characters would be like... Hey doc, is it is he gonna be okay? We gotta get our get our pal, get a you know whatever, and and then he'll he'll respond like a second later, sounding kind of like this. Yes, his signs seem fine. I will return in five minutes and check on his progress. <laughs> Maybe one of the voice actors just ran into like um, Doctor House in the elevator, and is like. <laughs> Hey, can you just record these lines real quick? <laughs> uh, doc, I mean, Hugh Laurie's American accent is actually pretty good. If it was Hugh Laurie, I think we would know. Uh, but anyway, I'm sorry. That's a that's a brief tangent. So uh, he's hospitalized. Uh, the doctor is useless. And they all wonder why Odeon was protecting Merrick. They don't even know Odeon's name yet. Um, but they're trying to figure out they why... Do. They mention him by name. Oh, do they? Yeah. I feel like one of them asked, like, who is this guy? Yeah. But But anyway. They're all just standing there pitying Odeon for being hospitalized for a guy who clearly doesn't give a shit about him. Yeah. I mean, we're all kind of wondering the same thing, too. I mean, we got flashbacks sort of explaining, but still. Yeah. They're like, huh, what you gonna do? Um... I guess we'd better leave because the bingo ball machine is about to spit out some new numbers. Yeah, there's like an announcement of like, it's time to select the next duelist. And everyone goes, well, all right, see you, bud. <laughs> Nothing else we can do here. Pages going to wake up, I guess. 
you're not going anywhere. We're on a blimp. Uh, and Joey has sort of a, as they start to leave, like a, a, a flashback to the dream that he had while he was passed out. And he sort of recollects for a little bit about how, uh, you know, he had a dream about his friends and his friends helped him get up in the dream. And that's how he stood up and won the duel. So he's like thanking everybody for being such good friends. Uh, and then Tristan, of course, yeah. makes fun of him and says that dream is just about as touching as the one where he was making pudding with a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it with Joey monkeys and dogs? <laughs> I don't know. It's like. Something that sets him off like nothing else is just comparing him to various animals. Part of me <laughs> really wants to see like head. a flash forward where he chooses to embrace this and his deck is all monkey and dog themed cards. <laughs> that That's his new bit. Once he gets out of Battle City, he wins all the best monkey and dog themed cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the Joey and Tristan start fighting after Tristan brings up the uh, the pudding dream, and Mai looks over and thinks to herself, "Ah, friends, ah, uh, friends." It's a friend moment. It's a friend moment watching these two teenagers slap each other for roasting each other over dreams. Well, and she and she brings up, you know, Mai says it's it's really just good. guys being dudes. <laughs> not a cell phone in sight uh it, my brings up it's really good to have friends in a time of need like it's it's good to have people around you that can help you like joey uh and it would be good if odion had friends in this time because clearly we can see like it has a a, a benefit and she feels bad for odion for not having friends to help him uh then she asks joey as they're starting to leave hey what was i in your dream you know to help you up yeah with the subsex being do you think i am your friend joey right exactly well that was the intended subtext the way she says it is was i in your dream joey you know to help you up which sounds like she means that joey is having a different kind of dream (laughs) (laughs) um and i think joey takes it that way too because joey is like thinking about his dream He remembers, wait, yes, Mai was there. Even though she's not my classmate, because they were in school. Right, because they're friends is why she was there. But he goes internally, and he explains this later, he thinks, if I tell Mai that, she'll think that I was thinking about her, and I was thinking about her, but I wasn't thinking about her thinking about her. Like, it's not that kind of a dream. So he says, no, you weren't there. Yeah, he kind of panics and tries to play it cool and insists that all his normal dreams are about cool guy stuff like cars and motorcycles. <laughs> uh, and and he just like walks off uh, yep. to which Taya says, typical guy. Yeah. Taya catches him in the hallway and like yanks on his ear and just lambasts Joey for shunning Mai when she just wanted to know if she was his friend. Meanwhile, Mai has an internal monologue about not needing friends anymore and being a loner, and she got to where she is on her own, goddammit. She had a brief moment of weakness wanting friends uh, before being like, eh, what you gonna do? Who needs friends? The only person you can really count on is yourself. Well, yep. we'll see how true that, that holds up. Uh, everyone goes to the bingo hall for another rousing edition of Who's Gonna Duel Who?, 
uh, everyone's there except Merrick, and everyone's like, "Hey, where's?" Merrick? Oh, and uh, Anishizu isn't there. Anishizu, she's been in the hold this whole time. Yeah, because she doesn't she kno- technically need to see the bingo ball. She she knows what's going to happen. She knows she can see the future and knows that her number is not going to be called. Right. And uh, Joey's like, "Hey, since Merrick cheated to get in and used a false name to enter the tournament, shouldn't he be disqualified?" Would, and Kaiba's just like, nice try, nerd. This tournament is about skills, not names. You should be man <laughs> enough to go up against any rule violation. <laughs> you should be man enough to go up against any rule violation. <laughs> God, in like 20 years, Kaiba's going to run for president and win. He would, too. <laughs> God. Fuck uh, that. Well, but secretly, he's just like, I can't disqualify Merrick because I want to see his Egyptian god card and be able to duel him for it. Yeah, like, exactly. He's he is still he's forgetting that he has more money than God and like could just talk to Merrick and find a way to make their needs sort of coincide. Yeah. Uh but he does it. Yes. He's got it. He's got to duel him. It's that 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I say this at like 1146 a.m. <laughs> uh, so uh, the the oh 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 sorry before we go on uh, the whole thing about him wanting to duel Wing Dragon Vara reminded me while I was watching the episode. Don't the Battle City rules still apply? Would here in the finals? Yeah, wouldn't Joey get Odeon's rarest card? Huh, that's true, isn't it? Because what was what- the that was the whole point of Battle City. Although I guess that hasn't happened for the other duels yet, right? What? What? Remind me what the other duels were. There is Bakura and Yugi, which I guess that's right. I guess Yugi technically that's right, because won. Uh, yeah, but then he like refused to take his card or something, right? Oh, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was supposed to take Bakura's rarest card, but he refused yeah. because Bakura had been through enough. So, yes, then. So the rules do technically still apply, so Joey should get Odeon's rarest card. Which leads me to wonder, would that card be the fake Winged Dragon of Ra? I think it would be the faked Winged Dragon of Ra. Um, But if you're looking for reasons why he wouldn't take it, he literally saw a fake Winged Dragon of Ra, like, physically knock a guy out with lightning. (laughs) Yeah, playing and, it. Then, so and then it knocked smart him out not to take it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing this fake card resulted in the unconsciousness of two people. <laughs> if only it worked like that in real life. <laughs> you make yourself some uh, some some tokens at home and they <laughs> you get tased all of a sudden. I play a 1-1 slime token. Ah, I'm dead now. <laughs> No, not not like a not like a till you pass out, but just one of those like little shock collar shocks, like ah. Oh, it's like rubbing your feet on the carpet and then touching yeah. the doorknob. <laughs> Ouch! I play a, 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 a one one slime. Ah, fuck! Someone's probably working on card DRM, where you God. try to play a card that you haven't purchased and it just shocks you. I I think that's happened actually. Do you remember the PS two era? Uh, uh, PlayStation I. I remember the PlayStation that, I. I don't remember it like enacting violence against people. 
Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean enacting violence, but just card DRM. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the game, but there was a game that worked specifically with the PlayStation Eye. The Eye of Judgment is what it's called. Uh, I remember that. PS3, pardon me. It had physical cards that you would play on a physical mat, and the eye, this like camera peripheral, would read, uh, I guess, QR codes or something on them, like special codes, and then display the cards in the video game. Very Yu-Gi-Oh-esque. Um, but that had... Maybe there mu- I guess there must have been a way to make fakes here, but I remember it having a very particular kind of code that was made so that you like couldn't easily copy the cards. Huh. Uh oh, sorry. No, I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now and it says success has been reported using standard photocopies and hand-drawn copies. So, eh, never they mind. tried. <laughs> they tried. Uh anyway, yeah. Okay. So, so bingo time. Yeah, the uh, attendant yells, Selector, start! And (laughs) the bingo balls roll. (laughs) I didn't realize realize he was using Siri to do the bingo machine. (laughs) Blue eyes, white Siri. Siri, selector, start! I'm sorry, I couldn't find anything for, I don't know, elective fart. (laughs) Um, The... Machine rolls. Here's what I found on the internet for dual monsters. (laughs) No, no, Siri. I mean, just just give me a number. Um, and she does. Thanks, Siri. It's number four, my Valentine. Hooray! And then he yells, "Selector, begin again." Um, and Mai just starts to leave without even figuring out who it is. Um. And everyone's like, Mai, where are you going? And she says, it doesn't matter who she's going up against because she'll win anyway. That's the kind of confidence the, that people need in a duel. <laughs> right. Um, and then she's just like, don't bother coming and watching the duel. I'll see you guys at the finals. I don't need friends to win. Yeah. I mean, her feelings are hurt at this point, you know? Yeah. Like, she wanted to be Joey's friend, and Joey was like, no, I, I don't think about you. I, you weren't in my dream where all my friends were. Right, all my friends were there, and you were not, ergo. <laughs> You're not my friend. Um, uh, yeah, and, and so she walks off. This We're summarizing a lot here, but they talk for like a couple minutes about what's happening here. The whole time, the bingo ball thing is going in the background. <laughs> so you hear the... <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad... Ugh, I hate... Uh, how can I make that sound? Um... Okay. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's that sound in the background. For like five minutes. And it, I, took I guess it took like ten seconds for the first ball, so this is just sort of a plot-based... Yeah, they're making sure they get a real random number. Yeah, out of the remaining five? Yeah, what? yeah how many? No. <laughs> just anyway. like three people i don't know yeah so Um, yeah so that that's going in the background the whole time um my walks off joey goes hmm girls girls am i right wanting friendship (laughs) (laughs) classic uh yeah meanwhile merrick is off mind controlling the doctor that's where he's been this whole time yeah uh the doctor comes out of the the med bay and merrick 
he says something, but I don't know that it matters what he says. And you see, I'll the, take like, that key if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I can't even do his new voice. It's much his, like deeper and spookier. His new voice is actually really, it's it's good, but it's weirdly generic. Yeah, it's, it's not the like cackle that he had before. No, his because his his older voice was like. Uh, ah, Yugi! I would, I would get the, and that's, I don't know, that's bad. But then, the, but it had, it was up, it was higher. Yeah. And this one is low and evil, and I will be the villain now. You will give me that key card, please. Yes, generic low bad guy voice. Every Power Rangers villain after season two. So he raises the um, Millennium Rod and goes pew. Guy gets uh, eye, his third eye on his forehead, so he's. Mind controlled. Uh, he walks into the unconscious Odeon is about to send him to the Shadow Realm. Yeah, he has a, a a really interesting monologue here where he's like, All right, Odeon, uh, you fucked up, and I know you've been protecting me for 20 years or whatever, but you've also been holding back my evil side, so I gotta get rid of you so I can keep my evil out. Yep, worse, Merrick is just like, this is you shouldn't have held me back for so long. Uh, when you m- get to the shadow realm and find my dad, thank him for creating me. I missed that. What? He, yeah, yeah, he says what? He must have sh- evil Merrick. Well, worse Merrick is like once you get to the shadow realm, find my dad and tell him I said thank you for creating me. This like evil spirit in like the ritual. Oh, right, because it was when he did the uh, the initiation ritual that he started yeah. becoming evil. Oh, okay, 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 cool. Yeah, wow, yeah, that puts on a whole new layer. I did not catch that for some reason. Oh, yeah. Um, So he's about to send Odeon to the Shadow Realm, but then the PA system goes bling-a-ling. The next duelist is Merrick. Come back to the, get ready for your duel. Come back to the elevator. <laughs> Merrick, please report to the front desk. Your party is waiting. Merrick, please report to the front desk. Your party is waiting. And then I guess he has to just leave because apparently sending someone to the Shadow Realm is an involved process. He doesn't have time to send Odie onto the Shadow Realm anymore. <laughs> and then he's and then he's late anyway because the next shot is them just like waiting around on, on, on the roof of the blimp just being like, where is this guy? <laughs> It's like huffing and puffing, running out of the elevator. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. I was about to send Odeon to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> I came here as fast as I could. He has like Killing. toast hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> Killing a motherfucker takes time, apparently. Um, it's the first day of school. Where's my lunch? Where's my math homework? Where are my pants? <laughs> Honey, where are my pants? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they, they get to the dueling arena, the, the playing field elevates, which I think is a cool shot, but wholly unnecessary. Yeah, how do the people on the sidelines, including Kaiba, by the way, even see what's going on? Because it's like 15 feet above their heads now. I have no idea. I, you know, they've done the thing when, uh, uh, Yugi dueled Duke Devlin, they had the TV cameras there, and that, like, kind of helped explain that away, but here it's just... I don't know. They've all got fucking x-ray vision. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll just see like a tail sticking over the edge or something to see what monsters are up there. (laughs) Right. 
That was that was why they all get so excited by Wing Dragon of Raw. They could actually fucking see the thing. <laughs> God, imagine if um during the the duel with the um the temple out just like an enormous temple like above their heads they can't see shit other than the underside <laughs> of this temple. Just some stonework. <laughs> what? Yugi, what's happening? <laughs> Joey, describe the monster to us. <laughs> it's got how many claws? <laughs> um, yeah, so Mara comes out of the elevator cackling evilly. Where the hell did he get a cape? He's wearing a cape Ooh, now. That's a good question. He's not wearing his, like, tank top vest thing. His, uh, yeah, his tank top uh, uh, pink hoodie. His hoodie with vest. With the gold chains that make no yeah. sense. Suddenly he's uh, just wearing yeah. a black tank top and like an evil cape. I Is it Odeon's? I, no, well, Odeon had the cloak, mm-hmm. which I don't think would look this good as a cape. I Part of my headcanon is that the Yami spirit has the ability <laughs> it to has pick its, its own, own inventory slots. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like it's like an Animal Crossing when Celeste gives you the the recipe for the uh, the wand, and then you can go to your closet and you can pick out outfits that you can then switch to at a moment's notice. They just have one of these magic wands and can pick out their outfits. That's the real power of the Millennium Rod. <laughs> Fashion. Merrick just needed to collect enough star bits. <laughs> And here we have the Millennium Key with the power of invisibility, followed by the Millennium Necklace with the power of foresight, the Millennium Puzzle, which stores the spirit of the 5,000-year-old pharaoh, and the Millennium Rod, which has powers of mind control and stunning good looks. <laughs> it's a good look. It is a good look. Like, I'm, I really it's enjoy that, that Yugi and Merrick both go for the black tank top. I think they're the only people who could pull it off. I guess um, that was a fashion in ancient Egypt. Black tank tops? Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> uh, uh, what does it say? A uh, cotton polyester blend? A cotton papyrus blend? <laughs> um, yeah, also, Bad Merrick's hair is just, like, spiky as hell this episode. Yeah, it goes places. <laughs> Becoming evil makes you... It gives you an electric shock. I really... I wish that I could get my hair to do that just for like a Halloween. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, there's clapping outside. We're uh, our neighborhood, actually all of England, claps at this time, eight p.m. my time, uh, for all the NHS workers and the uh, the essential workers who are helping our country stay alive as much as possible. Oh, wonderful! Um, so everyone goes outside and claps, and it's very nice. But it, I apologize, I was distracting for a second. Do you have any health workers in the neighborhood? I don't know, actually. Let me look out my window real quick and see what's happening. I don't even know what the view from your window looks like. Oh, someone has a, someone has a cowbell. You know what this pandemic needs? More cowbell. Yeah, I live at the corner of like a tiny little suburban neighborhood uh, that's next to a, a like a activity center and a park and stuff. So mostly what I see is like, oh, there's people who are about to go on a run or, like, families on their way to school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking out now, 
it kind of just looks like all of my neighbors are clapping at each other. I think that's all that's happening. I don't <laughs> know that we have any NHS workers in our neighborhood. Again, um, just like an Animal Crossing, when you clap at one of your villagers and they just start clapping right back at you. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> all of that to say, if you or a loved one uh, is an essential worker at this time, especially in the healthcare industry, you're actual heroes right now. Thank you. Yes, thank uh, you. I'm not in the habit of saying thank you for your service to people in the armed forces. I I do like to thank them if they have actually served, but it's not my habit to just like say that to every uniform. Um, all nurses should be paid like a million dollars a second and are actual superheroes. And thank you for your service. Yeah. I'm sorry you have to do this. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks. Uh, let's go back to distracting these people from their, their, uh, uh, daily lives with some more Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, goddamn is Merrick's hair spiky and the duel just starts. <laughs> yep. Mai gets an awesome magical girl transformation sequence when she activates her duel disc. Did yeah, you see this? it's she really does good. this whole, like, dance thing with, like, the shimmery background. And meantime, the whole dual disc is like going vroom, vroom, and transforming and activating and the little like spikes, I don't know, the leaves, I guess you yeah. would call them, are coming out. This is the first time that we've seen the like middle state of the dual disc. We've seen it sort of compact, right? Yeah, so you can walk around. When you get it out of the box. Right. We've seen it extended when you can like put cards on it and play the game and the, the little hologram projector things come out. But we haven't really seen the in-between. And this gives us a really good look at how it sort of transformers itself. Yeah. She gets a cool transformation sequence. Merrick doesn't. No, he gets he gets a transformation sequence. Like, you see him do kind of the same thing, but he doesn't get the cool background. He doesn't do the dance. It's just sort of Yeah, fuck clinical. you, Merrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck this guy, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, that's what he gets for being evil. Um. And so my goes first, ladies first. Ladies first, she says, which I don't think that's the rule, but you know what? We'll we'll let it slide. Uh, it's time to duel. It's time. Um, to duel. So she uh, goes my first. plays. How do you pronounce this card? Is it Dunamis? Dunamis. Do, do names. <laughs> They say the name once and then just call it Dark Witch. It's like Dynamis Dark Witch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they just call it Dark Witch from now on. Uh, Merrick returns fire by playing Revival Jam. He is playing uh, his token deck again. Right, exactly. So we can see straight up it's the exact same strategy that he used with strings. Uh, I just want to point out again, like these people know that you don't have to play the card that you draw, right? Like you can play out of your hand. Yeah. It's it bu- it bugs me every time it happens. They draw a card, they look at the card, they play that card, and they're holding five other cards in their hand that they just don't they just fully ignore. Yeah. Your hand is basically not important unless the plot calls for it. Right. Uh oh, there's a cat. Oh. Hi baby. Did you force my door open just now? I didn't <laughs> Had to be on the podcast. Is this Akima? This is Akima. Come here, baby girl. Hi, Akima. Meow. She is very uh, yelly. Let me go close well, the door. Okay. So I won't have even more cats intruding. All right. I'll, I'll explain the next thing that, okay. that Merrick does while you do that. Uh, Merrick 
plays uh, the slime breeding machine next, which is important because it does solidify that he's just doing the same thing that he had strings do, God, like eight episodes ago now, however long ago that was. Um, the difference being that Merrick, we know, has Winged Dragon of Ra in his hand, whereas Strings had uh, uh, Slifer the Sky Dragon, which now Yugi has. Otherwise, it kind of feels like he's setting up for the exact same strategy. Kaiba's, Kaiba's watching all of this. He doesn't care. He knows that that's the same strategy Merrick's used before. He saw that strategy, but he doesn't care about that. He is horny for the god cards. He wants all he to says, see that god card. He says, let's see that Egyptian god card. He's yeah, like he straining. Got... <laughs> Kaiba, got, um... Kaiba got shut down last time. He got teased seeing this fake god card come out. <laughs> He's mad. He got teased. <laughs> he didn't get uh... that sweet release of seeing the god card. <laughs> At this point, uh, Joey and Yugi and, and the rest of the gang show up. Mai tells him to just buzz right the fuck off because they are not friends she does not need their support she is a strong independent woman who does not need to smoke yugi is like fine uh, but i reckon i see what merrick's doing uh i i, I would like to help and yeah merrick, i have Mai seen this like, deck before i've seen all these cards before i know it's about to happen and i am going to warn you about it and she's like you are not prepared my friend she's like piss off <laughs> Is my cold up there, do you think? Like physically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. None of no, I mean emotionally, yes, she is being kind of cold right now. She's she has hardened her heart. Uh but yeah, like she's wearing like a mini skirt, a crop top, a tiny little like denim her vest jacket. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she is yeah, not prepared for official dueling altitude. <laughs> right. They are four thousand feet in the air. This she's is like the not... only person who's not wearing like layers upon layers right this is not good uh merrick after after my sort of waves yugi away merrick says you should listen to your friend you do not know what you're up against and my says oh clamp it <laughs> which is not the phrase but that's fine uh how how in depth do you want to get into this duel it goes pretty quick yeah uh it's a lot of just back and forth stuff we've seen before we can just Go right through it. Yeah, uh, Dark Witch attacks Revival Jam with Spellbinding Flux is the name of her attack. Uh, Revival Jam reforms revives. because that's what it does. That's <laughs> what it does. Uh, which Yugi was about to warn her about. Um, oh well, you would think from the name she would get it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Merrick plays Pot of Greed, which, as and... we all know, lets him draw two more cards. What uh, the fucking do? Jam breeding machine makes more jam. <laughs> uh, it makes a, it makes one slime token specifically. Yeah. Uh, which it doesn't have attack and defense. I forget. I don't remember. It has a low attack. Is it defense. just it's like, basically like a copy of revival jam? Something like that. But it's it's primarily meant for sacrificing to summon other monsters. Yeah. Uh, um, Merrick plays a card face down, which is gonna be a trap to stop attacks he says like he, with that trap he's gonna stop anything that my tries to do uh yugi here raises a good point with merrick's slime token deck uh with the the new slimes coming out every turn he can very mm -hmm. easily create enough monsters to sacrifice and summon winged dragon of Ra. 
Yeah, absolutely. Why is it in danger? The Egyptian god cards, I think, need a specific number of summons. It's more than two. I forget how much it is in the show, uh, but I think Wing Dragon of Ra needs like three specific cards to be sacrificed in the actual card game. Uh, yeah, my play is Harpy's Feather Duster to remove the trap and magic cards from Merrick's side of the field. Uh, the Dark Witch then kills the slime token. Merrick says something, but I only wrote down that his face is still doing that weird floaty thing where like half of it is kind of trying to escape his physical form. Yeah, part of him is just like getting Photoshop smear effects a lot of the yeah. time. Uh, Merrick plays a face down card and then he plays, or pardon me, my plays a face down card. Then Merrick plays the Melkid, the four face beast card. I think we've seen this before. Is that right? I don't remember. There's a lot of, uh, masked faced things in this game. Yeah. Lewis and Umbra might've had it. Maybe, but it doesn't really matter because it dies instantly when he sacrifices it and jam to play masked beast Desgardius. Which we have seen before. That, I yes. think, was a monster that Loomis and Umbra had. We have seen this guy before. It's gross. Um, it attacks, but Mai activates her trap card, Mirror Wall, which cuts its power in half, and so it dies to Dark Witch. Um, but it leaves behind a gross-looking mask. It's like the Mask of Remnants or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yoink, the mask clamps onto Dark Witch, and Merrick gains control of Dark Witch. Bum, bum, bum. And then he plays Remove Trap, which, yeah, you know what, what it is. is. What is that? What does that card do? It removes what, what's traps. It, what's it do? Wait, I'm sorry. What was the name of the card? <laughs> the magic card removes traps. Removes traps. <laughs> <laughs> Helpfully, uh, I, I that's love, what it says on the tin. I love how every now and then we get these cards that are like, that's what it does. <laughs> yeah. And then they like have to announce it like it's a, like this grandiose name, but it's just like exactly what it does. Right. Uh, Mai says something, something, something. Things are about to change. To which Merrick says, more than you know. To which everyone replies, the fuck does that mean, Merrick? <laughs> yeah, and Mai is just like, so the, the guys are cheering for Mai this whole time, right? And she's yeah. like, don't yeah. help me. And Merrick, internally to himself in his evil inner monologue, is like, oh, but you will help. You'll all help me. And he pulls the Millennium Rod out from wherever he's storing it. Belt loop, <laughs> I hope. Uh, and he declares a shadow game. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I, I didn't... I... I... I don't understand the rules of the shadow game, I think. I didn't realize that you could just declare midway through a duel, surprise, this is a shadow game, actually. I didn't say it. I declared it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it's like season zero Yugi, who is just like declaring shadow games left and right. That's true. That's true. That that really does harken back to that. We haven't seen Uh, that actual honest-to-God shadow game in a while. Yeah, it's uh, been a bit. I think the last one that we had was, uh, well, it's, it was Bakura, right? It was Bakura and Bones. Yeah. and usually, But he didn't declare that it was a shadow game. It just happened. He f- didn't fill out the paperwork to declare it a shadow game. <laughs> it was an unsanctioned shadow game. <laughs> and, you know, because Yugi usually, 
usually uses shadow games to like teach people a moral lesson about not being evil. Uh, American Bakura. Does he? Does he though? Also, just to like be a dick. Yeah. Also, also to trap them and also to trap them and like forever. break their minds and make them think they're on fire. Yeah. Yeah. He he ascribes to the the Punisher method where horribly injuring or killing someone is enough to teach him a good lesson about what it means. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember this this show? I'm not talking about season zero. Do you remember season one, episode one, when Yugi broke Kaiba's mind? <laughs> when he, like, snipped off a little piece of his brain that made him cheat at card games. Yeah, when and Yugi turned created a, a mind juggalo. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that Yugi? Yeah, he Can we get to... that Yugi back? Yeah, why, why is he just letting this shadow game happen? I guess because he doesn't want to ruin the sanctity of a shadow game. I but you'd think he'd be able to like dispel it or something. Yeah, I, come on. Yeah, There's or at least evil magic here. Use some use some evil magic of your own. Yeah, or at least or at least like do like a counter spell, right? Like yeah. he shields Mai's mind or something. I don't know. Anyway, so the 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 whole field, the whole blimp is surrounded in shadow realm fog. Tm tm tm. Uh, and Merrick says, "Welcome to the heart of darkness." And everyone's like, the shadow, what? Uh, <laughs> Duke, especially, his reaction is like, wait, the the what? <laughs> I, I beg your I beg your pardon? <laughs> yeah, you have to remember, this is Duke Devlin is still here. This is the first time he's seen any of this magical bullshit. Yeah, he and Serenity are just like, what the f and everyone else is like, no, we've seen it. It's fine. Oh, is this your first time seeing Shadow Realm Fog? <laughs> <laughs> it's just that uh what is that ballad of Buster Scruggs gif? Where it's uh, James Franco in the noose, and he's looking over at some other guy, and he's like, first time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to point out, we get a wide shot of the Shadow Realm enveloping just the top, just the little tippy top of the blimp just where the they tip. are. Not the full blimp is enveloped in the Shadow Realm, <laughs> just like the little dueling arena. So the I blimp is just flying around the, uh, as yeah. normal. And then at the top, there's just like a little poof, just a little bit of a cloud. Well, he wouldn't want to put the blimp in danger. No. Somebody's still got a pilot. Uh, yeah, so Taya, uh, you know, does the whole thing where she remembers being in the Shadow Realm. Uh, Merrick says to Mai, or does he say to Mai specifically, or maybe he just says it internally, Merrick says, the shadows are hungry and they will be fed, which is a very if, good line. I don't know if he has, he's saying that to anyone in particular. That's just the sort of thing you have to say when you open a portal to another dimension. Yeah. I think I'm gonna start saying that before I go to bed. <laughs> the you know, like instead of that, uh, instead of that, like really creepy children's prayer where they're like, "Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray to the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I awake, I pray I the Lord, pray my, the soul Lord to take. my soul to take." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super fucked up. Uh, I just want to say, <laughs> the shadows are hungry and they will be fed. Anyway, good night. <laughs> uh, please tell me how Lauren reacts to that when you say that. I will. Uh, my summons unfriendly Amazon, which begins to glow because as Merrick reveals, it is a symbol of Mai's mind. Yes. That's here's where the shadow realm, uh, shadow duel. It's a, gets, that's how the rules of this particular shadow game come into effect. 
all of Mai's creatures are parts of her mind remembering people that she knows in her life. Yes, they are they are tied to memories of yes, her friends. Yes, little girl, can I help you? <laughs> I'm Does gonna... Akima have comments about the uh, about the card game? Akima, what do you think? You heard it here first, folks. Meow. Damn, harsh words. Harsh words. Uh, you can let her out. I'll just I'll talk about the shadow okay. game real quick. Uh, so the shadow game at this point, again, for, for folks that like are just tuning in to this season in particular, I feel like season one and definitely season zero do a much better job of explaining what the shadow games actually are. Season two just kind of accepts like, eh, they're a thing. Fuck it. Whatever. Uh, shadow games are specifically duels that have magical consequences, uh, so you see it basically every episode of season zero is Yugi starting a different shadow game where it is just any old game. Uh, but if you lose, you are, uh, engulfed in invisible flame for the rest of eternity, or, uh, you're, uh, turned into a doll or, or whatever. It has some sort of a magical like bet that you're making with the other person. Uh, and I guess you get to just like, declare the rule <laughs> like there or it's kind of like mao in a way like there are rules but i'm not going to tell you oh yeah well usually so it, it, it's weird because in season zero yugi like made people had to agree to be in a shadow game yes in this one i guess you could just say oh it's a shadow game now and people yeah, are like shadow game well start. i have no choice in the matter uh, so, so in this case, I guess the, the bet is Hold that on. as your, I just let my door open to let Akima out <laughs> and another cat came in <laughs> I live with four cats, people drowning in them, drowning in them. Uh, so... <laughs> okay. Jimmy is walking over. He's picking up a cat. The cat has dodged his, his maneuver. Jimmy has opened the door. The cat is interested in going outside and he has been shoved outside. There he goes. Uh, cats are assholes, my friends. Here he is. I'm back. Too many dang cats. <laughs> so, uh, the 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 bet, I guess, the magical bet in this duel, Merrick reveals. Uh, he reveals it because uh, Mai's unfriendly Amazon attacks and kills Dark Witch. Dark Witch was originally Mai's. I almost said Pokemon. Uh, was originally Mai's dual monster. So, Witch, Dark Witch. <laughs> so when it dies, she loses. Garosies. <laughs> Thousand dragon. Dragon. Gaga go, gaga gaga So when Dark Witch dies, my loses. A go, piece unfriendly of her. Amazon. Unfriendly. <laughs> <laughs> my loses a piece of her memory specifically tied to it turns out taya gardner she loses all memory relating to taya yeah and not and, only does she forget who taya is she forgets like the concept of a person who could be taya and so she yeah, looks she... over at taya mm -hmm. and taya just kind of goes and She's like invisible to mine now. Fully back to the future's Taya. Yep. 
Taya, Taya never existed. I mean, granted, she still does exist, but right. she is unable to be perceived by Mai. Yeah. So Mai sort of understands that this is happening. She recognizes that she's losing her memory uh, and, and is just completely flummoxed by the whole thing. Uh, and it's like, no, this is this is uh, impossible. This can't be, you know, all the normal shock and surprise phrases. Uh, and Merrick, <laughs> Merrick has an amazing line. Uh, I wrote it down, but I'm going to text Lauren real quick and let her know to come and do her segment soon because we're almost at the end of the episode. Wow, uh, Merrick, an hour in and we're almost done? Yeah, this episode clipped along, my friend. Uh, of Yu-Gi-Oh, I mean. Like, yeah. It set a pace. Uh, Merrick has an amazing line here that I, I want to read unless you want to cover anything first. Nope. Okay. I will try to do my, my best Merrick impression here. Please the do. new Merrick. <laughs> the new boring voice Merrick. The new Coke Merrick. <laughs> uh, Merrick says nothing is impossible in the shadow realm why do you think I brought you here my dear for I'm controlling this infinite kingdom of blackness and by the time I'm through you'll be a mindless shell all alone in a world full of strangers oh, pardon me I have to drink some water wow well that hurts after a bit uh, for I'm controlling this infinite kingdom of blackness. Let me just read it normally. I think I can maybe do it justice okay. that way. He says, nothing is impossible in the shadow realm. Why do you think I brought you here, my dear? For I'm controlling this infinite kingdom of blackness, and by the time I'm through, you'll be a mindless shell. Now it just sounds alone. like you're reciting a monologue for, like, Shakespeare class. <laughs> Ooh, is this an iambic pentameter? Nothing is impossible in the shadow realm. Why do you think I brought you no. here? Just read From the line. controlling this infinite kingdom of... <laughs> uh, Say the line, Bart. <laughs> Nothing is impossible in the shadow realm. Why do you think I brought you here, my dear? For I'm controlling this infinite kingdom of blackness, and by the time I'm through, you'll be a mindless shell all alone in this world full of strangers. Can you feel them? Drifting slowly away from you? Disappearing into the light? Fading from the chasm of your mind? The wells of your heart? Now, now. Don't worry, my dear. You're only losing one of them for now. Damn. Damn, that's a good line. Fuck. That is a great little monologue. I... Very little about Merrick has given me, like, the, the shivers in the same way that Pegasus did. Mm -hmm. That gave me goosebumps, that line. This is genuinely evil this is an evil plot to take away everyone that you know and love so thoroughly that you won't even know or remember that they exist and the whole time we're seeing a shot of like yugi and the gang in a in a like a white backdrop and they slowly start like fading into the distance and it's just oh so good yeah to be there continued on yeah i think the <laughs> grossest merrick freeze frame yet we got some of these uh, last episode, but yeah. it's another kind of like bulgy face. But you can see oh, that he's yeah. got all these like evil like veins sticking out all over his face. And like one of his eyes is like bigger than the other and pointed has, right at the camera. He has cheek veins. He has cheek veins. That's not where veins That's go. That's not where veins go. It's not good. It's not a good It's look. really not good. Uh, Jimmy, what was the best part of this episode for you? 
The best part of this episode was seeing the concept of this shadow game. It's unique and frightening in a way that we haven't seen before uh, in this show or even arguably in the last show. Because we've seen guys like think that they're like on fire or they're like falling from a great height, that kind of thing. This one just erases people from your mind forever, which is yeah, terrible and frightening. And he's not even doing it to like impart some wisdom. He's just doing it because he's evil and it brings him a sick delight in removing Mai's friends from her life. Yeah, th- this is his like Joker moment, right? Like he is just a, a dog chasing cars. He does this because it is what he does. Yeah. It, it, it's not even like fulfilling any role. He's just doing a shadow game now because he's finally free and can like do it. Because Master Wayne, some men just want to watch the world burn. Some men just want to use a card game to remove your memories of your friends and family. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going back to Batman so much here, but yeah, it is. Uh... Is Odeon um, Alfred to Merrick's Batman? Is Odeon Alfred Tamaris Batman? I I guess so. Yeah, I wasn't picturing either of them as being the good guys. No, for (laughs) sure, neither is the good guy. I think Odeon is maybe the Harley Quinn to to Merrick's. That makes more sense. That reminds me, I saw uh, Birds of Prey. It was pretty good. Oh, is it good? I haven't seen it yet. I liked it. Good. Is it on streaming platforms yet? Uh, yeah. Okay. I think so. I'll have, to, I'll have to look that up. Maybe I'll all the like something. movies that were gonna come out like later this year are all streaming now because they're like, "Fuck it, we're not gonna sell any movies later." Might right. as well do yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah, which is smart. Okay, we'll have to watch that. Yeah. What was uh, your yeah. best part of this episode? Uh, just the writing in general. Honestly, like there was some really good foreshadowing at the start of this episode that. I, we just haven't seen in a while where we start the episode and someone is thinking about something that you're you're watching it and you're like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You're thinking about it, but like this episode's just going to have a duel and it's not going to come up again. Mai starts this episode by talking and thinking about friendship and how she doesn't have friends or how she wants to be friends with people. And that becomes like a central thing in, in the plot of this episode, which is fantastic it's it's yeah. some of the best writing we've seen in this series it's very, and then that line at the end i mean it's also true that this is still like it's still just Yu-Gi-Oh. the writing isn't great but right it's, it's r- i mean it's not rare yeah. that we get this level of like foreshadowing and like story arcs like throughout the episode and like a callback yeah usually it's, just it's... like there's a clown where do you go? I'd better go walk into this like circus tent. Right. Yeah. It's it's sort of a, a excuse to set up a duel. Right. Is, yeah. is what most of the writing is. And this has such good pacing and such good foreshadowing and just like such a good structure. And the fact that it ends on a monologue. Uh, a villain monologue. A villain monologue. What episode have we seen that ends on a villain monologue, Jimmy? Usually we just get the same monologue we've heard before many times, just about friendship and, like, heart of the cards and believing in yourself and all that jazz. Yeah, and it's, and it's not a monologue. It's, it's a line. It's like it's it's Joey being like, I'm going to get through it with the power of friendship. Ding! 
End of episode. Yeah, this ends on someone taunting his helpless victim as he like destroys her mind. Yeah. Damn, it's good. Uh, what was the worst part of this episode for you? Come on, Joey. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be a dick, Joey. This woman wants to be your friend and is like asking you specifically, uh, was I in your dream with all the rest of your friends? And he's just like, no. <laughs> when she was. Now, like, I mean, I get it from his point of view. Like, he's a teenage boy and she's an attractive older woman. Like, he doesn't want to be like, yeah, I was totally dreaming about you, my, huh? Yeah. But that is there are better ways to handle that situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just Joey being an a-hole setting this whole thing up was yeah. dumb. Especially just like the completely transparent Joey excuse and like all his dreams are just about cars and motorcycles and shit. <laughs> I have very normal manly dreams with with dude stuff. <laughs> you know, grilling. Just guys being dudes. <laughs> Five feet apart because they're not gay. Uh, yeah, which actually is a is a a good way to socially distance. Yeah, they were ahead of the curve. Yeah, what was your worst? <laughs> They're flattening that curve. Uh, was that it? Should I talk about my worst? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I don't mean to rush you. Lauren's in the studio now. Hi, Lauren. Hi. Hello. Uh, my worst part of the episode was that it doesn't seem right to me that Merrick would use the same the exact same strategy as strings oh just in his Did, using the same deck and all the same mechanics yeah 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 like i know that it technically was Merrick because it was Merrick mind controlling strings but it feels strange for Merrick not to have like a uniquely Merrick setup you know yeah even odion's deck was like egyptian monsters in like ancient temples and shit Merrick being like this king of evil, this ancient spirit using a token deck is just kind of silly. It is. It's Especially like, because like, let me bring out my one, one grub. I'm going to bring out <laughs> a second one, one grub, Yugi. And, like, and guess this what? Is the guy. A third one, one grub. <laughs> this is the guy who started a, a cult whose whole purpose is finding and, and uh, 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 acquiring rare cards. Yeah. He has access to the rarest cards in the world. He's made a few of them. One of the guys who is... works for him has all Exodias. Right. And here he is playing a, a slime token. Yeah. It's just his, I, I would agree, his deck leaves much to be desired. But I'm bum bum Yeah, anyway, okay, so that was my worst. This is like going up against Giovanni in Pokemon, and it turns out he's a bug type trainer. <laughs> <laughs> I like suits. They're comfy and easy to wear. <laughs> oh, you have your Charizard? It won't last long against my Caterpie. <laughs> Go, Kakuna. Use Harden. <laughs> Caterpie uh, use string shot. God. Uh, let's let's put this episode on a graph real quick. We've got our, our plot relevance graph and our card bullshit uh, uh, graph, our XY, if you will. Where are we putting this for plot relevance? I'd say it's pretty good. We see pretty good most 
we see a lot more of like this new worse Merrick. Yes. Which is, I think, I don't... the point of this episode. Yeah, I, it's sort of showing off uh, the, the newer, eviler Merrick. Yeah, this duel doesn't need to really exist, but it kind of has an excuse in that it's like showing off, oh yeah, here's this new, worse bad guy who is taking over the old bad guy. Here's how much worse he is because he is this sadistic fuck. Right. So I don't know that it's necessarily plot like important, but it is nice. It's nice to have. Yeah, it's as a treat. A, yeah, <laughs> we can have a little villain. <laughs> so, like, what? Like, a would this be like a two? I was going to the... give this like a three. Okay, a three sounds good to me. So we'll give this episode a three on the plot relevance uh, a scale. Uh, how about card mechanics or or bullshit? Uh, this was firmly in the realm of card mechanics. I would say I would also give this a three, not because it has anything new. But this is, for once, a duel that plays entirely by the rules. And it plays by the new rules that it introduces in the Shadow game. Yeah. Like, it sets up, oh, here is the twist, and then it sticks to it. Yeah. And it's like using a deck we've seen before in the new rules, and he has to, like, summon the god cards using this token deck that we've seen before, uh, which will probably pay off in the next two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah. So, like, a three there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so that puts it firmly in the top right, which is, I I feel, all the episodes that you should watch. Uh, we'll put this chart together again at some point. I, I got to start it, and I got I to gotta finish it up. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is definitely one that should be on the list. Yeah, this is the, here's this evil spirit. This is the whole point of this thing. This is why this guy in particular should not rule the world as the new pharaoh. Right. Because he's actually two guys. Fuck this guy in particular. <laughs> this guy is actually two guys, and one of them is ancient and evil. And the other one is mortal and evil. <laughs> right. You got you got your choice between young dipshit evil guy and old dipshit evil guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this uh, is... All right. I was not expecting this episode to be this good. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. Um, all right. So... Let's move into the next part of the show, uh, where we bring in my partner, Lauren, to play a little game that I like to call Yu-Gi-Oh! or not. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Real real quick, Tyler. Yeah. If I may have a brief tangent with Lauren. Lauren, what did you think of Tiger King? Oh, good Lord. Did you talk about (laughs) Tiger King? Yeah, we talked about Tiger King for like 15 minutes at the start of this episode. So... I recently I've only read... seen like the first three or four episodes, so please don't. Spoil oh, I the see. Ending. Okay, that's good information. Um, so are, are you planning on watching more, or oh, are yes. you just done? Oh, okay. Um, do, I mean, should I hear about your guys's opinion first before I talk about mine? No, 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 no. The, the listeners know our opinions. Um, well, I don't. Um, I think I don't know. It's really like it's a really difficult show because I feel like it's just all for the spectacle clearly yes yes. and the more that i let it sit and the more i think about it this is a real uh bummer (laughs) take on it we'll bring it back we'll bring it back great um like the more i sit and think about it the more i really dislike how misogynistic the entire show is and not just the people in it but the way that it's written and the way that it's 
well, because of course everything's written the way that it's edited and the way that people are portrayed. Like there's a really interesting independent article, like the, uh, the, the publisher. Yeah. Independent capital. I. Um, about how people are siding with Joe exotic and they're like, why is that? the point of this show yeah. why is he the hero he's not a hero arguably a, no one in this show is the hero no one i don't think anyone is a good person like a no. like a great upstanding person not but even, it's interesting how much people have turned against carol baskin yeah and like to the point where being like calling her out and saying she did murder her husband and like what i think about that really doesn't matter i'm not there i'm not any of those people sure it doesn't matter but like, and and just like repeating all the misogynistic language used against her in a really like supportive of Joe Exotic way that yeah, I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah, it's become its own meme, which is right. Sad. It has, and Weird. it's like, it's like, why do you care this much? You saw her for, I don't know, if we totaled up her screen time, maybe two hours total. Like, you don't know this person. I mean, we don't know Joe Exotic either. You could argue it that way, but like. It is, I, don't, I don't know. It, the I don't know. It it feels like... I'm uncomfortable with it, I think. Yeah. It was interesting to watch. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Like, it's definitely it's definitely worth uh, sort of the educational view, right? Like, watch it. Watch it so you know what the story yeah, is. Yeah, and then actually go read all those um, articles about literally the spectacle. Capital T, capital S, the spectacle. Right. Um, that we're like feeding art- into. By yeah, art history and, you know, semiotics-based arguments about the spectacle because that's what this feels like to me and it's it becomes really like the actual definition of Freud's uncanny and it just, it's a parody of life and it's awkward and weird to me. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. It's a parody of life. And, and none of it, None of it is about what it's actually about. Like, we don't care about the animals by the end of yeah. it. Yeah. And we don't we care. We never focus on, like, the welfare of the, the tigers no. and things and, and how we they're actually, doing. we actually don't end up caring about the murder for hire trial either. Really, <laughs> I think. It, we're just so busy gawking at these people. And it's just, it's strange. Jimmy said it really well at the beginning of the episode where it sounds like the episode was written as a Mad Lib, where instead yeah. of nouns or adjectives, you had various Florida man headlines. Yeah, I think I have a really, Tyler and I talked about this a little bit, and I don't need to get into this on a goofy Yu-Gi-Oh podcast, but I think I have an interesting, <laughs> Gosh. I think I have an interesting perspective because I know a lot of those people, not those exact people, but like that kind of people. Yeah, just because of my past life experiences, I could name several of those people like who are exactly like that. And I am not shocked by the depiction of these people because I know them and I've met them and I've had conversations with them. And so it's like... It's amazing how Southern Oregon can feel sometimes. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about just Oregon. No, Well, okay, and that's true. I forgot briefly that you had... Family from yeah, the I South, have family but, in other states, but, but uh, like I, I was thinking of the folks that we even knew in Oregon of like, oh yeah, that's I could totally see the, these people in that situation. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's uh, it's strange. It is. It's it's. We- I'm conflicted. Truth, it turns out, is stranger than fiction. 
But it's not truth. That's the point it's I'm not. arguing. It's, edi- it's editorialized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a in a weird way. Like I was saying to Tyler too earlier, that it's, this is clearly someone's art project. Like, yes. This is someone's like, oh, I want to edit something in a very particular way using this footage to do so. And they did they did a great job. It is an it's intriguing yeah. show. For to watch. The, it is really intriguing. For the subject matter, they did a surprisingly good job of putting it together. Yeah. Into a like an actual cohesive like narrative. Yeah. It's sort of a reverse Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> where what? they took Wait, you're t- are you telling me Joe Exotic has the spirit of a pharaoh living inside him or is that would not surprise of... me at all he would roll someone from the future living inside joe exotic he would, or he's... he would he would he would publicize he's that living in the body of someone in the far-flung future right his body is from the future his mind is from the present mm. is how he would spin it uh I no i know... just i just mean that that they ju- took a st- i want to oh, explore the world of yami exotic <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, they they took a story which on paper the millennium there's bullet. no way in hell you're gonna be able to tell this story on television and turn it into an intriguing show. Yu-Gi-Oh took a story that's like, yeah, this this show is gonna be a cash cow, and they took it and turned it into this. Yeah, a, a kind of <laughs> where boring for, show at times. This this is the first time I've been excited about a three-parter in two years. <laughs> Jimmy, was that the answer you wanted slash expected? I, I was just genuinely curious what you thought of this weird, weird show. Yeah, I still don't have a, a cohesive opinion on it, really. I'm still thinking about it, I suppose. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, who makes the best Tiger King rewatch podcast. Mm. Um, the Vivienne and Bag of Chips. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> literally what you said. Thank you. <laughs> Um, um, right. Much what, better. What else is I gonna say related to this? Oh, I've forgotten now, and I've now I'm talking about how I don't remember what It'll I was come gonna to you. say. Uh, do you want to get back to the thing that we normally do on the podcast? Yeah. All right, let's All do right. it. It's time for Yu-Gi-Oh or not. As you may remember, every week we bring in my partner Lauren to determine whether something is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card or other bullshit or not. Uh, I'm excited I, for this one. I have brought together a list of six items which are either real Yu-Gi-Oh cards or famous horses from history. Yes, that's right. I have found a Wikipedia page called List of Historical Horses and have found three historical horses that I've plopped into a list of real Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And it is up to Lauren to determine which is which. You could even call this one Yu-Gi-Oh or nay. God damn it. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. And you should have. I fucked up. <laughs> uh, all right. Lauren, are you ready for me to read you the list of six cards? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Card number one, regret. Regret. Mm. Card number two, universal adapter. Oh, I lost that last time we went to the States. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm going to name my universal horse adapter. Donkle. <laughs> Tyler's least favorite word in the history of I the hate of I used words. to work at an Apple store and if I had a dime for every time someone came in asking for a dongle and that was as specific as they could get I would no longer have to work <laughs> uh, what a name for a horse or a card 
Jesus. Okay. Universal, Universal adapter. adapter. Card number three, maximum security. Maximum security. Card number four, penalty game. Ooh, that's a tough with one. With exclamation point. Yeah, it's penalty game with an exclamation point. Uh, card number five, whisk broom two. Ah, the sequel to Whisk Broom. <laughs> Whisk Broom, and that's uh, Roman numeral, so it's I-I. So the second. The second. Maybe. Card number six, second coin toss. Second coin toss. Again, a follow-up. Not first coin not toss. Not first coin toss. And not coin toss. Not coin toss senior. <laughs> they fucked up the first coin toss. <laughs> the coin toss was side. my father. <laughs> Uh, all right, there you go. That's six cards, and now it is up to you to determine which is a real Yu-Gi-Oh card and which is a famous horse from history. Wow, this is hard, Jimmy. If you wouldn't mind, in a, in a tab, I sent you the link to this list. Could you find there's a short a short description of each horse? Don't spoil anything. Don't ruin the game. But oh, I want to no. have yeah, these ready don't to go. Spoil when we finish. All right, walk me through your thought process here, Lauren. Well, the, what I know about naming horses, which is not a lot. All <laughs> <laughs> upon your vast reserves of horse knowledge. Yeah, my I horse naming knowledge. We've talked about famous horses on the show before, but I have yet. This is the first time I've done this Yugi or not because yeah. we did uh, we did the blimp names. Remember? Yeah, I do remember because and I got a perfect score on that you one. You did, you did, and those uh, uh, had a lot in common with horse names. We talked about that a little bit, so. Mm. That that might give you an edge here, but I'm not sure. Well, what I know about uh, naming horses is that they tend to be named pretty ridiculous things. True. Like, that's kind of just a standard of naming horses. I did not include potatoes, which is P-O-T-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O. Potatoes. Everyone listening at home, Tyler brings up the horse named Potatoes probably once a month i told that's exactly what i said i have that on record i said that exact thing at the start of this recording we're literally talking about potatoes at the beginning of this episode before we start recording he probably brings it up to to me specifically we've been together for seven years seven years next week he probably brings it up about once a month still still does I, I can't believe you said once a month. Oh my god! Because it is. I'm not. I'm not pulling that number almost, out of thin air. Almost one year in your relationship for each O in potatoes. <laughs> uh, well, now I figured out what I'm doing next year. <laughs> Bringing up potatoes or not? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get you a picture of potatoes. Oh my god! One O for each year. Oh my god! Um, All right. Wow. Tell me tell me how you feel about this <laughs> no. list. We have yet to talk about this list. But would you like to talk about potatoes? <laughs> the <laughs> horse. Always. Okay. Well, no, I, I got I got my fill this month. <laughs> you probably you. have the fill for next month. I'll too, talk to you point. for a few weeks. <laughs> in, in a few weeks. Burner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today we said the same thing at the same time like what was it twice or three times maybe like full sentence we're becoming the same person <laughs> during this quarantine we're spending more time together than <laughs> usual and that was already a lot that of time. was already a lot of time uh i think universal adapter is a horse universal adapter we're saying is a horse i think it's a horse all right i will mark that as horse for you okay 
I think Whisk Broom the second is also a horse. Whisk Broom two. Two the second. Yeah, I guess the second. If it's a horse, it's probably the second. Probably the second. Okay. Um, but if it's a card, it's probably two. So I'm now. So what is it about Whisk Broom that makes you think it's a horse? The tail. Because <laughs> it kind of looks like a. <laughs> no. Um, I think it's just because they're named ridiculous things. Okay. And that's more ridiculous than... A card being named Whisk Broom. All right. Okay. The second. All right. All right. Um... So, so the remaining cards are Regret, Maximum Security, Penalty Game, and Second Coin Toss. I think that... It's really funny to have a horse named Regret. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. So I would like Regret to be a horse. Okay. Um, but then I've chosen the three horses. They all could be horses as far as I know. I mean. That's the point of this game. Yeah, I know. I know. But like they all actually sound like horses. But that means I'm saying maximum security penalty game and second coin toss are Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, I feel good about that. That's feel good fine. about that? Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to lock that in? I guess. I mean, I don't... Whatever. If I get it all wrong, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> I'm, in a, said... I'm in a very dour mood today. <laughs> <laughs> These are dark times we're living in, folks. Uh, you have said that regret is a horse. Yeah. You're correct. That's oh, a horse. Oh, I got one. Jimmy, can you give us a bio on Regret? That's all I need. Regret, who was born April 2nd, 1912, and died April 11th, 1934, was a famous oh. American thoroughbred race mare and the first of three fam- female horses to ever win the Kentucky Derby. Wow. Wow. Good job, Regret. Nice one. Uh, card number two, Universal Adapter. You said it was a horse? Yeah. I'm afraid it's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Ah, uh, okay. That is a Yu-Gi-Oh card that looks pretty much like what you're expecting. It's a bunch of robot dudes all pointing at each other. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting either. Uh, card number three, Maximum Security. You said it was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It's going to be a horse, isn't it's it? It's going to be a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, give me the bio on Maximum Security. I'm trying to find Maximum Security. Here is Ah, Maximum Security was the winner of the... 2019 Kentucky Derby before disqualification oh. from first place for disturbing other horses. <laughs> that there is a horse bully. That is a disturbing <gasps> horse. <laughs> Hold on, I boy, that to, horse sure does run fast. I but want it's to disturbing. find out um, what what it did in what manner it was yeah. disturbing. Uh, ah. Card number four. Maximum security swerved out from the rail while still on the lead, impeding the progress of several other horses. (gasps) This horse cut off a bunch of other horses in traffic. Wow. (laughs) There's also a doping scandal related to maximum security. It feels like maybe maximum security was the wrong name for this horse. (laughs) I don't think maximum security had much choice in that. Just gonna put, I don't think maximum security. Oh, is maximum security like a red herring? Like it's actually a terribly insecure horse. Like it's 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 had a bunch of illegal shit done. It has had a bunch of it, illegal shit done. His trainer, but they call it maximum security to give the illusion of legality. It's it's you know what it was. It was just a bit. 
that they did. Uh, <laughs> because his trainer yeah. was indicted on multiple federal charges charges uh, for performance enhancing drugs. To him or the horse? <laughs> to the horse. Maximum oh, security so was allegedly sad. administered oh. a designer drug that was considered undetectable. Oh, Wait, then how did they find out? I don't Considered know. Considered undetectable. This will require a follow-up podcast <laughs> of just horse lore. <laughs> Actually, that would be a rad podcast. Did, just a different into, horse every time and the weird shit that goes on. our horse lore podcast. <laughs> Welcome to horse lore. Uh, Okay, well, I figured out our weekend project now, our quarantine weekend project. Amazing. Guess what? It's another Uh, goddamn podcast. That that actually sounds pretty fun. I'd I'd talk about horse lore for a few hours. Horse lore. We could do do little 10-minute horse lore bits. Hello, I'm Roman Mars. Welcome to horse lore. (laughs) I'm going to make this happen. All right, here we go. Wow, he's serious. This sounds like fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, okay, card number four. Mm. Penalty game. You said it was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, okay. Penalty game. It's, uh, if I remember correctly, it is a cloaked person sort of pointing as uh, background happens. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Uh, card number five, Whiskbroom the Whisk second. Broom. You said it was a horse. It's a horse. Ah. Whisper in the second, Jimmy. What's the bio there? Uh, Whisk Broom, 1907 to 1928, was American bred thoroughbred racehorse who raced in the UK. And they were the first of four horses ever to win the New York Handicap Triple. Whatever that is. Oh, there's a photo of Whatever that is. A horse looks race. Like a horse. What is Jimmy? It's a horse race. <laughs> what does Whisk Broom look like? A horse. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I would be worried if that were not the case. Hey, that's just a guy in a horse costume. <laughs> I mean, Whisk Room, I'm looking at it now. Uh, Whisk Room. <laughs> this is what I love about horses. Whisk Room's sire was Broomstick. Mm-hmm. Broomstick's sire, Whisk Room II's grand sire, was Ben Brush. Um, so we still haven't talked about the um uh, giant horse in the room which is that there is no whisk broom the first there is no whisper in the first uh uh, uh we don't talk dam. about whispering broom the first <laughs> Whis- <laughs> whisk broom's mother was audience <laughs> whisk broom's damn sire which i guess is maternal grandfather yeah. uh is sir dixon ah i have i have your horse lore on whisk room the first Okay. Yeah, there was Whisk Broom yay. the first. There was no Whisk Broom the first. What? He was brought back to race in the UK, where he was given the two suffix. Uh, it's like having a uh, a username that's already taken. There was already an American racehorse already named Whisk Broom, so he couldn't be named. Oh, Whisk but Broom. unrelated. Oh, sort of like when uh, the Spice Girls became the Spice Girls. Yeah. Did you know this? No. So the Spice Girls, when they started here, were just Spice. Huh. But when they went to the U.S., there was a rapper named Spice. So they couldn't be the same. They couldn't have the same name. So they just added girls to the end. Spice Girls oh, like is a better name. name. It's like your SAG name. Yeah. Spice Girls is a better name. And 
obviously nobody's heard of spice now so there you go uh i i'm i'm looking i'm looking at whispering two's sort of claim to fame here uh he claimed the new york handicap triple by winning the metropolitan handicap the brooklyn handicap and the suburban handicap which i take to be all races i don't know what the handicap thing means <laughs> no it's poker uh, in this case <laughs> right <laughs> the smartest goddamn horse uh, a feat unmatched until Tom Foot a feat achieved it forty years later. A feat unmatched. Uh, pardon me. Nope. Tom Fool. I misread it. A horse named Tom Fool. It's very good. All right. Uh, all right. So last one. That brings us to the end of you. You're not great job, Lauren. You did. Uh, you. That's three points. Is that right? Toss. Oh, pardon me. Second well, coin toss. You said it was a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, card. Yu-Gi-Oh. Hey, look at that. Hey. It's a Yu-Gi-Oh One, card. Two. So, I, yeah, I got three, didn't I? You got I? three points. Hey. That's respectable. Thank you. Uh, second coin toss. The card around that is a coin toss. Ah. No real indication whether it's the first or second. Before we move away, there are two things that stuck out to me looking at this list of historical horses. Y'all are making fun of my horse lore podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a horse under... Uh, the Y section named Your Host, winner of the 1950 <laughs> Santa Anita Derby. Uh, but someone editorialized the the description of this horse, described it as the sire of the Great Kelso. The horse's <laughs> name was Kelso, but whoever's writing this Wikipedia article was like, hell yeah, we need to people to know reading this how great Kelso was. <laughs> the Great Kelso. Sire of the Great Kelso. That's my stage magician name. Um. <laughs> the next, the other thing that stuck out to me looking at this list, the very last horse under Z, Zippy Chippy, infam- infamous wow. for racing 100 times and losing every single time. <laughs> oh, oh, Zippy Chippy. R.I.P. Zippy Chippy. Poor Zippy Chippy. Poor Zippy Chippy. Uh, everyone tweet at YamPod and let them know if you want them to do... Uh, a horse lore podcast. Yeah, hashtag horse lore. Hashtag horse lore. Hit us up on the on the on the the Twitter. Someone at a, yet, Jimmy? at a someone at a <laughs> horse museum described Zippy Chippy as they haven't done anything to harm the sport, but it's a little bit like looking at the recorded performances of all horse races through the wrong end of the telescope. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Poor Zippy Chippy. That- that might be the uh, the sickest burn of the horse world. <laughs> in 2000, People Magazine included Zippy Chippy on its list of that year's most interesting personalities. Wow. An English ad campaign used his name and image to convince kids to, st- to stay in school? Oh, so you don't become like Zippy so Chippy, you don't a horse? Like Zippy Chippy, the horse that accomplished nothing. <laughs> Zippy Chippy's <laughs> lifetime record is 100 starts, zero wins, and lifetime earnings of thirty thousand dollars. Oh my god! Damn. I mean, honestly, same hashtag mood. So, <laughs> <laughs> Zippy Chippy retired to the body Bobby Frankel division of Old Friends Thoroughbred Retirement Farm. <laughs> sorry sorry i have to go back to what lauren just said lauren if it makes you feel any better i don't think you can win a horse race <laughs> 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 to me, i'm 
I'm so sorry. Say the name of that retirement farm one more time. Oh What's the name of that farm upstate that's definitely real? Old Friends Thoroughbred Retirement Farm. The 19-year-old gelding joined Cabin Creek's seven other retirees and is expected to live out his life there. He's still alive. Damn. He went Damn. on tour in Kentucky in summer 2012 to bring attention to the safe retirement of racehorses. Just just him, though. Yeah, just Just him. sort of walked, walked the country. So if you're in Kentucky, maybe you can go see Zippy Chippy, the losingest horse in history. <laughs> God damn, pour one out for a real one. There is a book written about Zippy Chippy. Of course there is. It came out in 2016. The Legend of Zippy Chippy, Life Lessons from Horse Racing's Most Lovable Loser. (laughs) Everyone's roasting poor Zippy Chippy. Poor Zippy Chippy. (laughs) Tried his best. And it still wasn't good enough. Oh no. Oh, I found Zippy Chippy's website. Oh, good. Is it zippychippy.com? Uh, no. Zippychippy.horse. It's the, Is there a dot .horse? No, it's .org. But I found Zippy Chippy's uh, page on the Thoroughbred Retirement Farm's website. It was a close-up of his eye, if you want to know what he looks like. Oh, well, you know, the eyes are the window to the horse. Um... <laughs> Zippychippy.horse is available for $29.99. So <laughs> <laughs> still can't that believe that website. dot horse is a domain you can get. <laughs> oh my god. Uh his pa- his bio here describes him as a mellow old warrior. Wow. A mellow. Okay, sorry. I just oh found the God. website that I want to buy for this horse podcast, but I don't want to say it out loud on the recording because somebody might buy it before me before I make up my mind. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, I think we need to move on, okay. or I'm just gonna get I'm gonna get sucked into this this you vortex. You have already. Uh, You're the there. Horse vortex. Can we you move? both are in the eye of the storm. <laughs> the horse is Or the eye. horse. <laughs> Can we move, please, into the final Oh, God. Yeah, let's talk about this card game that we talk about. All right. <laughs> it's time for the monster bracket. Every week on the show, we bring together two monsters from season two and decide who will win and who will go home. Uh, all the way up until we decide who is the ultimate monster from season two. This week on the show, we have a <laughs> single matchup for you. The ultimate monster is zippy chippy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the write-in. It's the write-in. The write-in candidate, Zippy Chippy versus Blue Eyes White Dragon. Uh, so this fuck. This week's monsters are Worm Drake versus Zippy Chippy. This <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Uh, goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening, and please, please, Yampod thanks for Twitter, listening. Heart of the thanks for listening to the last episode ever of Yampod. Tune in next week for it to become horse lore. Um. Uh, all right, all right. Worm Drake versus the Snake Hair. 
Worm Drake is a uh, Earth Reptile oh, normal yeah, monster. Yeah, this one. 1,400 attack, 1,500 defense. The Snake Hair is a zombie normal monster, 1,500 attack, and 1,200 uh, And it's, it's not Medusa or uh, a Gorgon. Right. I just right. wanted to say that. Emphatically not Medusa or a Gorgon. Emphatically not Medusa TM. Yeah, for copyright reasons, <laughs> apparently. This is the, the dollar store the version of Medusa. The uh, snake hair. So, you know. okay, for anyone who... Sorry, I just want to say the dollar store here is called Poundland. Poundland. <laughs> Take them on down to Poundland. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yep. I just wanted to say that. Uh, the snake hair, for anyone who may not remember, is a green woman... With you snakes it. for hair. <laughs> <laughs> Can you You'll po- never believe this. <laughs> Can you possibly guess what she has for hair? Is it snakes? Meanwhile, oh, meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, the worm drake is a armored snake demon with an eyeball coming out of its mouth so we talked about this it does not have two eyes right because i can only see it with two eyes oh where the red thing on the side yeah. of the head is an eye that is yeah. not an eye that is a, a a red gem of some kind the eyeball is the thing coming out of its proboscis yeah, but it looks like it has two eyes it does the the red gem on the side of the face looks like a second eye yeah yeah, this is the one that I said looked like the um, attack pack with the yes. eyeball in the yeah. mouth. Yeah, it That's, has that vibe of like, that. oh, look at this, it's a snake. But then you like squeeze it in the right way, and it sprouts <laughs> sharp teeth and an eyeball penis <laughs> coming out of its mouth. Coming out of its mouth. Can it actually close its mouth, or is it like I ornamental so. armor keeping its mouth open oh my so God. it doesn't bite its own eyeball off? <laughs> Does it have to watch as it swallows its food every time? <laughs> How does it swallow if it's got an eye coming out from there? Yeah. I mean, talk about watching what you eat. Hey. 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 Uh, I, the thing that worries me the most about uh, Worm Drake is that it has this, like, goatee spike. Like, it has a spike on its forehead. That's fine. Yeah, that's just Whatever. part of its body. That's just part of its body. But then it has a like a nail like a like a fingernail Ooh, it does look like, like, a, like a claw like a claw yeah coming out of the chin area so it forms sort of a pincer with the uh, the top horn and it doesn't it doesn't look functional practical or comfortable i don't know maybe it uses it like a rhino and it just like gores people with it and then does what well the uh the card text says, once this monster wraps itself around a victim, there is no escape. So presumably cool. crushes them and eats them? I guess. Lauren, you're pointing to a part of the card. Do you want to explain what's uh, what's going on here? I don't know. There? Are they legs or are they wings? There's also these little pincer leg things down here. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that has... out too. It's got some of its bands that are formed with the armor. Mm-hmm. Just have little spikes coming out of them. So that's armor that's not part of its body. Those little legs down there, I think, might be part of its body. I'm wondering what the heck is the deal with this little stuff, like chicken wings coming off the sides. The golden chicken yeah, wings. Those, yeah. I would argue that those seem to be claws. Yeah. Mm. But, this, but wait, so the gold is not part of its body. I... 
uh, let me pitch something to you. I don't think any of this is technically part of its body. I think the actual worm drake is a skinny little snake that ends in the eye that we see coming out oh. of the mouth, and it's wearing the worm drake as armor. So it is. It's it's piloting this monstrosity that we see. It it is not the exoskeleton. So what you're describing is it's like a Rakshi from Bionicle where the actual controlling element is a crata, the little grub that sits in its backplate and controls this like other figure. You know, Jimmy, it's been a while since you brought up Bionicle. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> Thank sure you. it's like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we need to have a discussion a la Jinzo. How Do does we? it get dressed? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. Does it wriggle backwards in through the mouth? I think, but listen, first, I think Jinzo can dress himself for Worm Drake here. I think the Worm Drake would need like a bevy of attendants to strap it into its armor. Yeah, yeah. He it needs a Bear Grylls type to sort of stretch the snake armor such that the meat can go in. Yeah, it has some like attendants or servants that would put the armor on. Well, so here's how you do it. You take Some it squires. and you have to make sure that the roller is on the outside and you put it and you have to hold the tip and then you roll it down. Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you put a condom on. Oh, damn it. <laughs> but then they have to like get this all the like ornamentation to like strap on and then they have to like screw all the little gold pieces on and it's going to take a while. Because they have to get it on yeah. each of these little spikes going down its back. Unless. 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 What if it's a robot snake, Worm Drake? Hmm. I mean, that would solve all of our problems. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I feel like it's not because what if of it's the way. it's both armor and part of its body? Uh, oh, it's like, like a cyborg. Yeah. It's perpetually fused. And it doesn't like. Yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't like. Take its belt off to let its pants off. The clothes, <laughs> the clothes wear him. Yeah. I uh, see that. This is I, like that I like a medieval That's knight okay. strapped into its armor for like months at a time. Yes. Or for the rest of its life. Yeah, or it's just like sewn together. Right. It's um, welded on. It started. Yeah. It started as a fun prank to play on his friends, but then he got stuck. <laughs> um. Can I ask a question about the snake hair? Yes. Does it does it anywhere on the card or or on the description say that it turns things to stone? Uh yes, actually. Yeah, it does. Okay. Uh the card text says a monster with a head of poison snakes. One look from this monster can turn an opponent to stone. I'm so sorry. Poison is like food or something that you ingest. They would be venomous snakes <laughs> if it were to bite you. Don't eat yeah, her hair. It, they are not poisonous snakes. The no. snake them the snakes themselves are poison. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's such a like, on two counts. A little kid concept of poison where poison is just like glowing green ooze or something. He, yeah, it's just like, poison oh, no. is the fifth element. It's poison. But if watch out. But if the thing But if the thing bites you and it's toxic, then it is venomous. Yeah. They're not venomous. If you They're eat poisonous. it and you get sick, it's poison. I mean, arguably, these snakes look foul enough that I'm pretty sure you'd get sick if you ate one. <laughs> well, you wouldn't get close enough, would you? Notably. No, you get turned to stone, I suppose. Yeah. It says one look from this monster can turn an opponent to stone. There's no card mechanic, 
that lets you turn other creatures into stone. Hmm. Right. Uh, Jimmy, do you remember the, the main use of this card? Uh, no. It's used to fusion summon the Great Mammoth of Goldfine. Is that how it worked? I remember the Great Mammoth was made with two stupid things. Yeah, let me look. Yeah, here we go. Thanks, thanks, Autophil. Glad to know that I'm searching for the right things. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's a card, Lauren, called Great Mammoth of Goldfine. Is it actually great, or did somebody on Wikipedia just <laughs> It's definitely, there's it's some great. editorializing happening. It's, it's just it's Mammoth just of Goldfine that has some Oh, it's fans. like a weird Cyclops thing. Yeah, it's it's a Mammoth Skeleton Cyclops thingamahoozit. Uh, but it's a fusion monster, so you have to specifically fuse two specific cards together in order to summon it. The two cards are... Dragon Zombie and the Snake Hair. Yeah, makes sense. I, yeah, that's where mammoths sense. come from. Yep. That's where mammoths come it. from, I zombie see... dragons and, and gorgons. I see it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, have you ever actually seen like a Cyclops animal? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not in person. I've seen pictures. Oh, the like cows that get born Google wrong. It. They have like yeah. a single eye. Yeah, yeah, it upsets me. I don't like it. It's a lot. So how do we feel about these monsters? I the snake hair is so dumb. I couldn't it's, care it's less bad. about snake hair. I it's snake not hair... it's not even a real gorgon. I don't really like either of them to be no, honest. No, this is this is maybe the least exciting bit of the bracket. Uh, who did the snake hair win against? I was last just looking that time? up. Uh, so the snake hair won the first round against Rabid Horseman. Uh, Sounds like a mistake. My my favorite uh, Netflix original series. Uh, <laughs> and then one against Aqua Madur. Oh, yeah. Aqua Madur is dumb. So here's a picture of Rabbit Horseman. Rabbit Horseman is effectively oh, no, battle sense. ox on a on a horse body. That face is bad. Bad. Uh, and then Aqua Madur, oh, yeah. which is... Um, what? Uh, pool Party Jareth. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing interesting there. I think <laughs> yeah. Worm Drake is a clear winner here, at least just because yeah. it looks more interesting. Agreed. I fully agree. We also, this entire time we were trying to describe Worm Drake, completely neglected to mention that it's on fire. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's definitely on fire. Whoops. Like flambe style, orange flame on fire. I I think Worm Drake has to win. Yeah. Snake hair is just right. not interesting to win against anything. No, no. And yet, it's made it this far. Well, I mean, I think that just goes to show you how boring the other cards are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, congratulations, Worm Drake. You are moving on to the top eight. Really? Whoa. Yeah, we are in the top eight now. We're getting in the nitty gritty. Uh, let me read off the top eight remaining monsters here. Our top eight includes Celtic Guardian, Zira the Mant. Blue Eyes White Dragon, Cyberjar, uh, Worm Drake, Jinzo, Beta the Magnet Warrior, Our boy. and Fortress Whale. Ooh, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got some really good matchups coming up. I'm really excited. Yeah. That's a. There are some solid contenders in there. Yeah. Mm. So I think I think what we'll do because the, the way I plan this out is we we have one matchup per episode base per episode of the show, um, 
but we're going to do uh, the top eight as, as seriously as possible, I think, and, and especially the uh, the semifinals as seriously as possible. Uh, and Lauren, of course, you're going to be involved in helping make those decisions. Uh, I would love it if folks could reach out, uh, Yampod on Twitter, Yampod on Instagram, emailing us is going to be the best. Actually, sorry, don't reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram because it's impossible for me to keep track of that shit. Email us, subject line, monster bracket. If there is a monster that you feel got overlooked this season, tell me what that monster is. If we done goofed. If we done goofed, tell us now because now is the time to bring in some some dark horse contestants, some 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 uh, out of some out of no. left field. <laughs> some, <laughs> fuck. Uh, uh, now is the time that I want to start bringing in uh, uh, those folks out of left field just to see if there are any cards out there uh, that we may have uh, uh, not given a, a fair shrift. Like Dollar Demise. Like Doll of Demise, who is uh, lost to Blue Eyes White Dragon. Karibo uh, stands. So, get at us. So let us know uh, what we're going to do is I would love to have our, our quarterfinals and our semifinals, uh, a sort of last chance bracket for monsters that are that have been knocked out. Uh, and then we'll have a sort of standalone episode of the finals. I like it. Cool. All right, uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, Mind Games Part 2 and 3. And, uh, pardon me, Mind Game, singular, Parts it's 2 and 3. It's just the one game, really. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you then. Uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram, like I said, Yampod, Y-A-M-P-O-D. Our website's heartofthe.cards. That's where you can go and view the monster bracket. Lauren and I have another podcast called Egg Centric, Egg hyphen Centric. It's at podcast about egg on Twitter. Uh, Jimmy. It'll be our Easter episode. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, I, do, I, I, I mentioned this last week, but we're doing an Easter episode. I'm going to talk about deviled eggs. Lauren's going to talk about. Well, why is it? Why are there Easter eggs? Why? 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 Why, why? Is, why are eggs, eggs associated with Easter? Uh, so, yeah. So look forward to that. And uh, Jimmy, you've got, I mean, you've got your work, but I don't know if, if you have anything you want to plug. Nope. Not right now. All right. Everything is cool, kind cool. of well, paused. Yeah. The world is paused. Yeah. We are in another realm where time doesn't really happen. Jimmy, what's your what's your preferred terminology for the time we're in right now? Quarantine is just Or like when people refer to it in the future. Like the lost years, the weirdness. Oh, I've heard a if lot I of had different to names. speak of this like I'm yeah. wearing rags and huddled over a fire in, yeah. A, yeah. in an oil drum. What are these times called? Uh, the tween times. Ooh. Between the like bad the times and the worst times. Oh, God. <laughs> <clears throat> we, got a lot of, we got a lot of bad and worse on this show. I, I like to think of it as the sequel to the week between uh, uh, Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> nobody's Nobody's really sure what day it is. None of the rules matter. Nothing doing? really matters. What are we even doing? No one knows what they're doing. Everyone's home. Everyone's home. Everyone wants desperately to stay away from each other. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, so, you know, I mean, we talk about this at the end of every episode pretty much, but we make this show for free. That's for a variety of reasons. If you are the kind of person that likes sponsoring art, 
uh, go spend that money on charities instead. There are lots of places out there that are doing COVID-19 relief funds. Uh, I I don't want to call it any one in particular because I want people to stay local for this sort of thing. So look at your local community and see who is doing work to help uh, folks in need. We talked earlier in the show about NHS workers, uh, you know, find find people who are helping uh, those folks out because they're helping all of us. Um, yeah, and go go give money there. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. And until next time. Oh, but you will help. You'll all help me.